Hello, I'm Hilary Seabrook. Welcome to the latest episode of Harmonious World. And for this episode, I'm going to be joined by composer Stanley Silverman. And the album we're talking about this time is on Signum Classics and it features the Kalkstein Laredo Robinson Trio. It's called In Celebration and it's two piano trios. So trio number two, Ravalli from 2011 which features a performance by Sting on the lute song Fear No More, The Heat of the Sun, which you'll hear shortly. What you're listening to now is the first movement of trio number two, which is called Meadow Lane. And at the end of this podcast, you're going to hear part of trio number one in celebration, which was written in 1989. So I hope you enjoy listening to my conversation with Stanley Silverman. Hillary? Hello, Stanley. Thank you for joining me for Harmonious World. Well, thank you. So this is a fascinating album, and it's the Kalikstein Laredo Robinson Trio performing your piano trios. Yes, and this is the final recording of that trio. We're a really prominent trio. They're probably, arguably, you know, according to the Washington Post, the best in the world. And Kalistein passed away last March 31st of last year. So they, they've disbanded as a trio. Jamie Laredo and Sharon are continuing doing concerts, but they, they won't do trios anymore. Right. No. They've done that, haven't they? This is a stunning album. Your your work is beautiful and their performance of it is just wonderful. Oh, that's the great uh, joy. I've known Jamie since 1963. When I was a classical guitar player, we record, I went to Marlboro Festival and we recorded together the Schoenberg Serenade. Right. Um, and we've been lifelong friends. And uh, to the point that I'm very, very close friends with all the performers, including Departed Kalistein, including Sting. And I really love working with friends. Good. Yeah. 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 It helps, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, there's different personalities. You can't just think of violin or a cello or a piano. You think of the You think of Jamie. They're like characters in in, uh, in a play. You know, if there's clarinetist like Richard Stoltzman, I don't treat writing for him any very differently than I would for another clarinetist. And do you find then when that piece is performed by somebody else, do you find that there is a difference in the interpretation of it? Yes, I, I've been um, the first trio, which is second on the album, yeah, uh, it was from 1989, so I would hear other performances of it, and they they could be pretty dazzling. But um, it there's something about premieres and the first group that does it. My background is mostly in theater, so if if my work is done, including in the UK, after the original, um, to me there's always a little electricity missing. 
Yeah, and, and I think especially when it's been commissioned or co-commissioned by a particular group, you, as you say, you've written it for those performers. And, and I think particularly in the case of a piano trio, obviously for Joseph Kalikstein, that you've written it for him and he plays it. It's extraordinary. No, exactly. And uh, also a very personal album, much more than my theatre work, where you, you're at the um, mercy of your collaborators and colleagues. So um, this is very, very personal. It has to deal with my own musical history. Is in it um, the history of, of the people that have been, you know, um, dedicated to. Yeah. So the In Celebration, which was the trio you wrote in 1989, so that was uh, co-commissioned by the Cranach Centre for the Performing Arts in Illinois. Yes, and the 92nd Street Y in New York. I've worked with Jamie on other projects that were not hit the trio, and he knew that I had a, a kind of penchant for jazz. I'm a freak for Django Reinhardt and Stefan Grappelli, Right. So to me, that's the great fiddle playing is Grappelli. So he, he did ask me to write something jazzy. Yeah, which is lovely. One of the things that I particularly like about doing this podcast is when I listen to music that I wouldn't have otherwise listened to because it's it's kind of crosses over between classical and jazz. And I love that. And and I think especially that that first um uh, that first trio does exactly that. And I particularly like the uh, final version, Montuno. Mm-hmm. Well, that that comes about, that, that again, very personal, because at the time I was living in, as in, in the Heights, you know, Washington Heights, New York, which has a very large Hispanic population, Dominicans, Puerto Ricans. And they would hook up these, these loudspeakers in their cars and drive through the neighborhood playing salsa, this kind of music. Yeah. And and I was thinking, I really, you know, I'm sort of historically owe a debt to Brahms because he used to dip into gypsy music for finales. A lot of gypsy movements throughout his work. Um, so I started to think, okay, what's my gypsy, you know? And then, you know, Gershwin and Copeland would write Cuban rhapsodies and all of that. But I was more attuned to the street music of the Latins. Right. So, so, so the, the uh, finale of the first trio is, is street. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. And yeah. It, in fact, I imitate the car coming up the street and going away from the street, you know, in, in the middle of it. You know. Yeah. And that, that is beautiful. And I'm going to play a, um, play that, that clip from from this at the end of my of my podcast because I just I love that bit I love I love the whole well that the whole of that trio is great but I think that final movement really it just sort of sings somehow it's just beautiful well in the second trio the uh the, the one called Reveille there's also a Cuban uh piece it's Cuban you know more folkloric you know um not quite street music. And that really comes about because in New York, the radio stations, the WQXR and whatever the Spanish radio, Latin radio was, then next to each other in the dials. Uh. And if I got bored by a divorce or a serenade, I'd flip over to the Latin music. 
Right. So, so it's a bit, bit in and out, the movement that's, I think, Guajia and Fuga and Fugue. Yes. So there's a fugue right in the middle of a Latin piece. Right. That's brilliant. That's, it's so good. Uh, now, I'd like you to talk to me about how Sting got involved in the Ravalli, uh, in the introduction of Luke's song, Fear No More, The Heat of the Sun. Well, Sting, uh, I've worked with Sting at his Rainforest Benefits. I was the arranger. I was brought in by James Taylor. And one of the principal sponsors of the Rainforest was Herman Sandler, who died in 9-11 on the top floor, saving his his entire staff. Um, And so it was the 10th anniversary of 9-11 in New York. And... We, uh, my son Ben commissioned the piece actually because Sandler was a mentor to him. Uh, our families knew each other since grade school. Right. Um, so, uh, and then I just asked Sting, I said, Look, we're doing this thing dedicated to Herman um, on the 10th anniversary of 9 11. And he said, Sure. <laughs> that must have been quite surreal because 10 years on, Still, it's still very raw, isn't it? Particularly in New York. Yes, and and the other thing I would add about Sting, he had, in the meantime he had recorded John Dowland songs, you know, and uh, I just loved his the way he did it. Yeah, and and so I wrote my John Dowland song and and put it in the middle of the trio. So what you're listening to now is Introduction and Lute Song from Trio Number no. 2, Ravelli by Stanley Silverman with the Kalekstein Laredo Robinson Trio and guest artist Sting. It sort of crosses genres, doesn't it? This is a a pop singer, but he's so much more than that. And he's bringing with him sort of all of that, but so much more to to that um, to that vocal. Have you heard anyone else doing it? Yes, on my 80th birthday, I tested it in Stratford, Ontario, in Canada, with the, with the Shakespeare Festival singers. And again, it's if 
they if it can speak Shakespeare, the piece works. Right. Okay. Yeah. We pr- we printed the Shakespeare text. It's from Cymbeline. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, the, the thing about English Canadians, it's easier for them. Yes. It is a beautiful piece of, of, of Shakespeare that, that isn't known very well, is it? No, it's a burial piece. Um, in Cymbeline, uh, two princes are laying to rest a rival prince. I forgot if they killed him or something, but the, anyhow, it's this beautiful, just beautiful lyric. Yeah, yeah, it's lovely. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your background? Well, um, I started in music at 10 years old. My mother is from Lithuania, and she's from the town Vilnius, where, where all the musicians we know came from. Heifetz, you know, Milstein, you know, the, the great group. Um, and um, when I was 10 years old, she said, darling, you're going to have to learn to play an instrument. She said, you could choose it, but you're going to have to play. So um, I chose the guitar because I liked singing cowboys as a 10-year-old. Oh. <laughs> and then uh, it, it's all about historical. Then there was a uh, World War II Navy veteran named Ziggy, who was a friend of my brother's. And the World War II veteran taught me guitar. And then uh, I developed, uh, I went to the fame school, the high school of performing arts. And I was always interested in theater, but the one thing I could do, and this is hard to believe, but there were very few guitar players then in the 50s, and I could read very well. So soon after graduation, after college, I would play. I was the go-to uh, player for the New York Philharmonic and the Boston Symphony, the Los Angeles Philharmonic. So I play guitar, lute, banjo, mandolin, and that, and that, that's where I met Jamie at the Marlboro Festival, which is the Chamber Music Festival in Vermont, and um, and he was my lifeline to classical music, because my uh, career were wasn't theater. I was music director, the Lincoln Center Theater, then I worked. Oh. With the Stratford Festival in Canada for about 30 years, writing music for the Shakespeare plays. And then privately, I worked in the avant-garde theater in New York, the downtown school. So I wrote about eight to a dozen off-Broadway, kooky musicals, operas, whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's basically it. Well, you say that's basically it. That's a lot, isn't it? That's a that's an incredible uh, history, really. And and the I'm sure the musicians you've played with along the years and 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 worked with are you know luminaries. Oh yes, uh, when I started to write, I was really lucky because I was performed by Pierre Boulez, by Tilson Thomas. Again, the Callisting, Loretto, Robinson Trio, Stoltzman. Uh, and then on the pop side, I worked with uh, James Taylor, Paul Simon, Sting, uh, Sir Elton. <laughs> uh, so, I, um, yeah. Yeah. It was fun. It was fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. So this new album is has got the, the two sets of 
the piano trio. So it's got the the one from 1989 and the one that's in in memory of all those people we lost in uh, 9-11. Yes. And it, how wonderful that, it, that you managed to record it while Calix Stein was still with us and still performing. Oh, it was not easy getting this album out. You know, first of all, the record business, I think, as you probably know. Yeah. But we lucked out with Signum, the UK label. Yeah. They're just the most extraordinary people. And um, and so we were able to, to land there, which makes me so pleased. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. It's been a real pleasure. Well, bless you, Hillary, and you have a good day and a good... Oh, I guess it's getting to be your night now. Yeah, it's evening now. Yeah. yeah. So you're listening to Montuno now from Trio Number no. 1 in celebration, which was Stanley... Silverman's first piano trio. I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Stanley and uh, enjoyed some of these tracks. And you can find links in the show notes so that you can enjoy the whole album wherever you buy your music. Thank you once more for joining me and enjoy more of Montuno. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Harmonious World. My name is Hilary Seabrook and it's a great delight to bring this series of discussions with musicians and composers and writers and all sorts of people to you. Obviously, there's no point in having a podcast if people aren't listening and I'm very grateful to my listeners for doing so. 
Thanks also to Joe English for composing and performing this new theme tune. So wherever you get your podcast, you can leave a review. You can share this with your friends and family, either as a link or on social media and that sort of thing. I'd be really grateful for that. Don't forget that you can subscribe now. There's a link wherever you get your podcasts. So have a great week and please remember why I started this, which is just to try and make the world a little more harmonious. Thanks for listening to Harmonious World.